Amen. This pulpit makes me look kind of short. <laughs> I'm not short. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is faithful. Turn to someone else, say, God is faithful. That person wasn't good. Find someone else, say, God is faithful. Tonight, I want to speak to you so simply on the fact that God is faithful, we're not, and we need to be. Simple, right? Say that. God is faithful, we're not, we need to be. I want to begin just by reading Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1 to 33. It's going to come up on the screen. If you've got your Bibles, feel free to turn there. Read this. I am the one who has seen the affli- I'm reading from the NLT, so it might be slightly different, but it says, I am the one who has seen the afflictions that, has, that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. He's brought me into deep darkness, shutting out all light. He's turned against me day and night. His hand is heavy upon me. He has made my skin and flesh grow old. He's broken my bones. He has attacked me and surrounded me with anguish and distress. He's buried me in a dark place, like a person long dead. He has walled me in and I cannot escape. He has bound me in heavy chains. And though I cry and shout, he shuts out my prayers. He has blocked my path with a high stone wall. He has twisted the road before me with many detours. He hid like a bear or a lion waiting to attack me. He dragged me off the path and tore me with his claws, leaving me helpless and desolate. He bent his bow and aimed it squarely at me. He shot his arrows deep into my heart. My own people laugh at me. All day long they sing their mocking songs. He has filled me with bitterness. He has given me a cup of deep sorrow to drink. He has, rolled me grind- he has made me grind my teeth on gravel. He has rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away, and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out. My splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Have you ever been there? The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercies, we have been kept from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each day. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is wonderfully good to those who wait for him and seek him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And it is good for the young to submit to the yoke of his discipline. Let them sit alone in silence beneath the Lord's demand. Let them lie face down in the dust. Then at last there is hope for them. Let them turn the other cheek to those who strike them. Let them accept the insults of their enemies. For the Lord does not abandon anyone forever. Though he brings grief, he also shows compassion according to the greatness of his unfailing love. For he does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. Valisha just sang, I know he loves me. And I think that just sums up just the fact that he loves us so dearly. Just that scripture, amazing. That's just to put things in context about the faithfulness of God. Listen, we, we hear a lot about, in this society, we hear a lot about unfaithfulness, right? Unfaithfulness. We hear it a lot. You only need to watch a Jeremy Kyle episode and, and you, you, you hear the whole thing just full of unfaithfulness. Someone cheating on this one, sleeping with this one, and it, the world is used to unfaithfulness. Faithfulness is something we don't often hear about. And the one, as we've just said, who is faithful The only one who's truly faithful is God. And God is perfectly faithful. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, promises are yea and amen. You know, throughout the Bible, we see how God kept his promise. He kept his word. He was true to his word. This is the God we serve. Um, Throughout the Old Testament, we see the promise of a Messiah. Throughout the Old Testament, in Isaiah, we see a promise of a Messiah to come. And guess what? He came. God was faithful to his word. 
God promised Abraham that his descendants would number the stars, the sands in, in, in the earth. Guess what? His word came to pass. He's faithful. Daniel and the lions then, I think of that story and how Daniel was surrounded by these lions. And, you know, Daniel must have been, I, I imagine Daniel would have wondered how has he ended up here. He prayed night and day, and yet he found himself in a pit with lions. Do you know what? God was faithful. Daniel wasn't harmed. God was faithful. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the stories are endless. In the fire they found themselves. They must have wondered. They must have questioned. How have we ended up here? But God was faithful. They weren't harmed. God is faithful. I, I, I look at Jesus. You know, Jesus was committed to the journey of the cross. He knew his purpose when he came to this earth. He knew that he came to live, to die, even on the journey as he carried the cross. He knew what was before him, but he was faithful to the mission he'd been sent for. He was faithful. And you know what? You guys have got stories of God's faithfulness. I'm sure I could pass the mic to any of you and, and you would tell me of the faithfulness of God in your life. Is that right? Yes. Is that right? God has been faithful. There's another aspect of faithful, faithfulness. We look at Jesus. Um, Jesus was a carpenter. You know that? He was brought up by Joseph, his father, and he was a carpenter. And for many years before he even began doing miracles, he served faithfully as a carpenter. He knew what was inside of him. He knew the greatness that was inside of him. But the job that he had for, however, 29 years or whatever, before he began his ministry, was to be a carpenter. And he did that for 30 years. He was faithful. There's two parts of faithfulness I want to kind of focus on. One is integrity. The other is commitment. Say that, integrity and commitment. You know, we've already said that God is perfectly faithful. We are imperfectly faithful. We try to be faithful, yet sometimes it doesn't always work out and we, we mess up. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, Galatians 5, 23, I believe it's on the screen, speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, right? I used to always imagine the fruit of the Spirit like a tree, like literally. <laughs> literally, I used to think it was a tree and, and uh, each thing was like something that you would eat. So you could choose to eat... Um, uh, love, or you could choose to eat joy or peace. And it was only until recently that I kind of understood, re-understood the meaning of fruit. And fruit in this context simply means evidence. Yeah? So the evidence of the Spirit, the evidence of a Christian, the fruit of the Spirit, it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Here's the word faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. We live in a society with, where um, faithfulness, as we said, is not really understood. We're in a, a lying, deceitful, get what you can, uh, every man for themselves society. Everyone wants to make themselves rich or, 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 or fulfill their own, um, their, their dreams and their careers and, and get rich quick. Everyone's in it for themselves. And some people cheat to get there. Some people do honestly to get there. But... Um, Integrity is not about how we've... How, integrity is not about uh, acceptance from this earth. Do you know that? It's not about I'm doing good, I'm doing right in order for men to see that I'm right. Integrity goes beyond that. It sees that it doesn't matter how I'm viewed here on earth. It matters how I'm viewed in heaven. 
integrity is not about looking good in, on earth. It's about looking good in heaven. And I've been there, you know. Uh, integrity. For someone to say that you're a person of integrity sounds good, right? He's a person of integrity. He's a man of his word. And it sounds good. It builds you up. It's like, yeah, I want to be a man of integrity. But for heaven to say that, for heaven to look down, for God to say he is a man of integrity, he is a man of his word, that should mean far much more. Yeah? Faithfulness, as I just said, goes beyond reputation on earth and considers reputation in heaven. Um, you know, there's a whole list of things that we do that sometimes are unfaithful and lack integrity. I list things like, um, I don't know if you've ever done this, go to the cinema, you've, you've bought your ticket, you go see your film and your film's finished and, oh, we could go into another film, couldn't we? No one's seeing. We paid for one, we can just go sneak into another film. Integrity says no. Or how about you've been uh, overchanged? Um, you know, you've bought something for a pound 20 and they've given you, you've given them two pound and um, they've given you, I don't know, uh, 90p back. Unfaithfulness would say, oh, thanks. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. <laughs> Thank you, I needed that extra 10p. Bless you, Lord. <laughs> Faithfulness, integrity would say, oh, excuse me, you've given me too much change here. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thanks for letting me know. It doesn't always reap a reward. Do you know that? Faithfulness doesn't always reap a reward. Unfaithfulness will, uh, for a short time, reap a reward. But the eternal rewards far outweigh those that are just for short. You know, the Bible says to store up our treasures in heaven. That extra 10p will go on a penny suite or something. <laughs> it will go quickly. Faithfulness. Discipline in work. We've all got jobs. Well, I assume many of you have jobs. And how do we approach those jobs? How do we approach those jobs? The Bible says do uh, work and, and do, do, your, do whatever as if you do it unto the Lord. And that, that is faithfulness. Working hard, uh, working with integrity, faithfully serving, faithfully turning up early, doing a full day's work, not, not leaving early, not grabbing an extra few minutes on lunch break. Faithfulness puts in the time. And does what is expected of you. In Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30, we see and we hear about the parable of the talents. Uh, God wants us to be faithful with what he's given us. What has he given you? What, 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 what? Is, it, is it money? Is it gifts? Is it influence? This is a big one. Many, some of you have been placed in great positions of influence. You can speak into to people's lives. How faithful will you be with that place of influence? Throughout your jobs, we've all got influence in our jobs. We're able to speak to people. How faithful will we be in those places of influence? The, the things that God has given us, will we be faithful with those things? There is an aspect of faithfulness that is about integrity, but there is another, there is another part, as I've said, that requires determination and commitment. Um, I'm going to read something about Julius Caesar. You may have, have heard this. It says, when Julius Caesar landed on the shores of Britain with his Roman legions, he took a bold, decisive step to ensure the success of his military venture. Ordering his men to march to the edge of the cliffs of Dover, he commanded them to look down at the water below. To their amazement, they saw every ship which they had crossed the channel was engulfed in flames. Caesar had deliberately cut off any possibility of retreat now that his soldiers were unable to return to the continent. There was nothing left for them to do but to advance and conquer. And that is exactly what they did. Faithfulness is about commitment. It's about commitment to your cause. 
and, uh, and being unwavered in, in your decision. So whether that's your faithfulness to your, your partner, your husband or your wife, your job, uh, whatever it is, being unwavered, being totally committed, like an arrow going to a dartboard. Bam. Focused. I'm committed to this. I, there's no chance for me to go back because I've cut off everything. I can't go back because I'm totally committed to being faithful here. I want you to quickly turn with me to Judges chapter 11, uh, verse 29 to 36. Again, it's going to be on the screen. Oh, I may have to end up reading it from there. Nope, here we go. Judges chapter 11, verse 29 to 36. A really interesting story that I came across today. But the king of... No, 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 no. Yes, okay, verse 29. At that time, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. Jephthah was a guy who was fighting a battle, and uh, he needed some help. So here we go. At that time, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he went through the land of Gilead and Manasseh, including Mizpah in Gilead, and led an army against the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. He said, if you give me victory over the Ammonites... I will give to the Lord the first thing coming out of my house to greet me when I return in triumph. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So Jephthah led his army against the Ammonites, and the Lord gave him victory. He thoroughly defeated the Ammonites from Aroah to an area near Mineth, 20 towns, and as far as Abel, thus Israel subdued the Ammonites. When Jephthah returned home to Mizpah, his daughter, his only child, ran out to meet him, playing on a tambourine and dancing for joy. When he saw her, he tore his clothes in anguish. My daughter, he cried out, my heart is breaking. What a tragedy that you have come out to greet me, for I have made a vow to the Lord and cannot take it back. And she said, Father, you have made a promise to the Lord. You must do to me what you have promised, for the Lord has given you a great victory over your enemies, the Ammonites. But first let me go up and roam in the hills and weep with my friends for two months, because I will die a virgin. It was hard for Jephthah in that situation to remain faithful. He'd made a vow before God. But you know what? It doesn't always take a vow before God in order to see you keep your word and to remain faithful. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I think this is something that I have struggled with for a long time. Doing what I say I'll do. Doing what I say I'll do. And it's a real mark of integrity for someone who says, I will do that. And they follow through. This man, Jephthah, had to kill his daughter. And you know what? He did it. He killed his daughter because he was a man of faithfulness. And sometimes it's going to hurt. Faithfulness is going to hurt. As I said, it's not always going to reap a great reward in the natural. But in the heavenly, the reward is far greater. Jesus was committed to those he loved. On the cross, he was committed. He was unwavered. The Bible says, if I can get this right, for the joy that was before him, he endured the cross. He endured the pain for the joy that was set before him. He saw what was ahead. He was committed to the, to the prize, to the end goal. And nothing could waver him in that. Even when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was crying out and he was sweating with blood, he was committed to the cause. He was committed. You know, um, there's a passage in scripture that says, if you're faithful in the little, I will put you over much. Have you heard that? 
Now, I've sometimes heard that, right? And, and I'll be honest with you. Is this water for me? Yeah, cool. Yeah, it tasted like um, oil for anointing. But when, yeah. <laughs> um, I've sometimes thought of that scripture. And do you know, there's a, there's a real temptation to think, what I'm doing now is a stepping stone for where I'm going to be one day. There is a real temptation to think like that. I'm just beginning small because one day I'm going to be big. And that's a totally wrong mentality to have. What I'll say, you know, something that God really said to me, do what you're doing now as if it was what you'll be doing for the rest of your life. Do what you're doing now as if it's what you'll be doing for the rest of your life. Don't view the church you're in, don't view the job you're in, as a stepping stone for the next place. God has placed you and given you whatever he's given you to do for now. Do it with faithfulness and with integrity, not seeking a reward, not seeking a promotion, but do it because God's given it to you to do now. And if God's given it to you to do now, that's enough to want to do it with all your heart. That's enough to want to to, to sow into it and serve it and, and, and see it grow with all your heart. Don't view it as a stepping stone. I'll say that for someone. Don't view what you're doing now as a stepping stone. I'm closing. And I just want to encourage you and say this. The race is not given to the swift. And the battle is not to the strong. I sang a song this morning in, in Vazon, as Josephine says it. Vazon. And it says that the race that you're in is not for the swift. The battle you face is not for the strong. But to him who holds on when times get tough. You know, a marathon is not run by sprinting. You'd agree, right? Even a 400 or 800 meters is not run by a sprint. You'll die in the first 400 meters. It takes those who will endure and those who won't look for a quick fix. Faithfulness doesn't look for a quick fix. It endures till the end. This is for someone. God has spoken a word to you. Stay Stay faithful to that word. Don't waver from that word that he's spoken to you. There's things that come, there's doors that's open that that may seem like a quick fix, that may seem like an easy way to get there. But God is not giving giving you the race because you're swift. He's not giving you the race because you're strong. And it may seem like it's a long marathon, but he's given it to you because he knows you will endure. He knows you will endure. We're going to close by just doing a quick drama. But um, I just want to remind you, in, 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 in thinking about all that I've said today in, in faithfulness, our mirror, our kind of, the person that we look to as the example is God. We started off this, this kind of talk just by examining the ways in which God has been faithful. Remind yourself. Maybe it takes going home and writing a few notes down and reminding yourself how God has been faithful to you. But if that is the example, let that be the mirror, let that be the ruler to which we live our faithful lives. The Bible, you know, I I see it as this, or God even. God is, is simply the example of how we live our life. I started off by saying, God is faithful, we're not we need to be because he is and because he's like that we ought to be more and more like him 
That's my heart's desire, to be more and more like you, Jesus. To be more and more like you. Let's just pray as we close and as we get into this drama. Father God, you set us an example of faithfulness, of unwaveringness. You never fail, God. You never let us down. You're always true to your word. Your word never fails, Lord, and we thank you. And God, we see that perfect example in scripture, in our own lives. We see that example of your faithfulness, of your commitment to us. And Lord, our prayer is that we too would be like that. Help us to become more and more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.